Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Peace, the restorative conversations podcast from Northern Ireland Alternatives. I'm your host, Glenn Miller, and you are very welcome with us on the episode today. We are going to be talking to staff members Johnny Armstrong and Stephen Hollywood today about their participation and work on the STARS project. And the STARS project is one of our new restorative programs that aims towards building skills in the community so that we can become a more restorative society. And in fact, that's what the program stands for striving towards a restorative society. So they're going to share a wee bit about you know what's been happening with the participants and how they've been trying to implement restorative practice skills into the community and some of the impact that that's actually having. So I'll be back a wee bit later on just to give you some updates on the new episode coming after this one. So until then, sit back, relax and enjoy the conversation with Stevie and Johnny. Alrighty, so folks, welcome to a very special episode of the Talk and Peace podcast. Um, Talk and Peace is the podcast for Northern Ireland Alternatives. And today what we're going to do is we're going to focus in on one of our restorative practice programs, START, which is striving towards a restorative society. And I'm joined today by two of the, the STARS workers, uh, Johnny and Stephen. Johnny, uh, do you want to just introduce yourself there for the listeners? Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Um, so I'm Johnny Armstrong. I have been um, with Alternatives now for close to coming up in a year, and I've been the East Belfast Stars practitioner. And Stevie? Yeah, I, my name is Stephen Hollywood. Um, I've been with uh, Alternatives for the past six years, um, going on seven, I think. Um, and I'm the project mentor for Stars in the North Down area. Yeah, thanks very much. Maybe it'd be a good place for us to just start with what STARS is actually all about and what your experience of the program has been like so far. So whoever wants to go first, start work away. Yeah, I can start. So STARS, it's all about um, the acronym striving towards restorative society. And it's essentially at, at its core, it's how can, how can we encourage the community sector, statutory sector, organizations in the community to embed restorative practices within both their line of work and then outside of their work in their just their day-to-day lives. Okay, and what, what's that looking like on a, a day-to-day basis um, in terms of the implementation of the program? It's um so in terms of implementation, um you've got a range of different stakeholders involved in different organizations looped in so each site has about 30 participants uh, give or take and um, from across multiple organizations in the area um youth providers housing providers um psmi involved and really digging into restorative justice what it is how does it work and how can it be implemented okay how have you done has there been like training stuff group work things all that kind of stuff or what, what's been the mechanisms for putting that into place as johnny said or said there you know we've been recru- recruiting um 30 participants from each site and and we're trying to embed restorative practices in areas where there's community and transition areas where areas where paramilitarism um, is deeply pervaded um, and it's to empower those, those communities and the stakeholders in those communities um, to use restorative practices um, as, as an instrument of change uh, and, and change their mindset towards a, towards a from a criminal justice lens or retributive paramilitarism lens, they have more restorative lens. Well, how's that been going? What's been your experience of the, the programme so far? Give the listeners a kind of a wee bit of a flavour of how that's went. Yeah, I mean, the, the experience so far has been in a extremely positive you know as as a convert and um, an advocate of restorative justice it's been 
particularly pleasing and to be able to convert almost if you like um, other key stakeholders and members um, of, of our communities into the benefits of, of restorative justice through through accredited accredited training and for them to ultimately implement um, their learning in the in the practice and in the which benefits the wider wider community. And Stevie, is there anything in particular that you know stands out for you in regards to the work that you've done that kind of really, you know, sort of exemplifies the approach that the programs try to take? Yeah, I mean, there would be quite a, quite a number of participants in the Bangor site who would have formerly been, I suppose, involved in 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 the conflict known as known as the Troubles here, and for them to to get a, a for them to get that insight into restorative practices and, and really believe in it and really um, internalize it and actually implement it into their practice and, and, and telling others how, how this is the proper way to, to go about um, criminal behavior, is, it's, it's been really, really pleasing to see. Um, we also have you know, police officers recruited on our site and they have begun to the streamline a, a process for um, they're, they're referring young people on to us um, in a more streamlined process and that's been hugely beneficial as well. And how have you found the, the, the police's reaction to this? Because obviously, you know, being engaged with what might be seen as almost something that's a wee bit of like, oh, not not quite competitive, but maybe we're all working in the same field. How have you found their response to the whole restorative approach? Extremely positive. Um, we we actually did it like an introductory session to neighbourhood officers, um, in the North Down area, and it, it, it amazed me how very little knowledge, like they didn't have any knowledge of restorative processes and practices. So, um, and the response has been really really positive. And I know that quite quite a few of them are now beginning to, they've, they've contacted us several times with participants on board the program. And they're now trying to gain more information and try to implement that in the neighbourhood type of policing role. So, yeah, it's been extremely positive. No, it's been good because obviously there's been a few of those guys that have been involved in some of the, the training sessions. And I, I, I definitely found that some of the guys from the police were some of the most engaged members of the group, you know, because yeah. obviously I think they're starting to see that the positive impact that this could have on the role out in the community. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. It's true. Uh, Johnny, what about yourself then? What, what's been going on with uh, things over in the, the east side of things? Where, who have you been working with and what are some of the experiences that stand out for you? Yeah, so working with a range um, range of organisations in East Belfast, um, we've got, so well, Conswater Homes are their housing provider across, across all the country really, um, but have multiple kind of sections in East Belfast that they're, they're dealing with. And then we've got um, youth initiatives, a, a youth provider in the area, um, a lot of youth outreach, youth mentoring, um, and then a couple of residents associations and community development associations we've been doing trainings with. So it's been largely really positive. And I think um, one thing that one thing that we're finding is that, well, that I find the initial couple of sessions we have um, there's a bit of hesitancy or pushback because it's. Um, it's so ingrained in us, I think, here in, in Western society that if harm occurs, there should be a punishment in equal measure. Or if someone in the area has done committed a certain crime, then they need to be dealt with in a certain way, because that's traditionally how we do things here. Um, so there's a there's a bit of it, it takes 
obviously restorative justice. It, it takes the emphasis away from the crime that's being committed to whoever's been victimized, what are their needs, and how can we first meet those? So it, it takes a bit of um, a bit of convincing, I find, to, to encourage people towards um, going towards the, the punitive route or the um, just going straight to a punishment. So, but l- largely, once we get into the trainings and get through the scenarios and learn the theory and input, I find it to be largely positive and people's um, response to it ha- has been quite good and they're keen to, to explore, right, well, what does this mean for me then in my life, in my community? Um, how do I implement the, the what I'm learning here and how can I begin to live more restoratively? So it sounds like some of your participants are having their values and beliefs challenged a bit as a result of taking part on the programme. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, what, we, what we'll talk about a lot is changing our lens. And in the introduction session, we'll talk about um, here in the West, we've got a very um, action consequence lens. And, you know, hard there I'll say, you know, if crime is injury, then um, justice is, is about healing and justice promotes the, the um, building of relationships and, and restoring of relationships. So it's, it's about trying to shift that emphasis to what actually is justice and um, changing, changing the lens that isn't very typical. Because you think here in the West, in our schools, if a young person does something wrong, they're in detention or they're suspended. Um, and it, it, you know, if a, you even how parents discipline their children, it's all really quite traditionally punitive. So yeah, core beliefs and values and how we address the world and approach the world and operate in the world um, are being challenged, I think. But it's, um, I think it's, it's a positive thing. It's good. Is there anything in particular that you know has been almost a wee light bulb moment for you, Johnny, in terms of groups that you've worked with and you knew that people were starting to get it? Was there so anything that happened was an indication that right, this is starting to connect with the group? Yeah, I think um, a conversation with... Kind of, I remember one of the conversations with um, as a local residence group who have started, and it's primarily a group of young mums who have thought we feel like our area is under resourced and underdeveloped. You know what? What can we provide for the area? So they just formed their own residence group to start um, taking on some of these issues. And so we've been going through the trainings as they think about how they're going to work in the community, and we're talking about a young lad. He had been involved in different um, different crimes in the area, break, breaking into houses, stealing cars, involved in drugs, and his name's just, just known in the area. But um, they were start. Typically, the narrative goes that people think, oh, well, they, they need to either be put out or they need to be, you know, something needs to be done to stop it and stop that behavior. And they were, they started shifting towards well, maybe there's an opportunity. How do we include him more or how can we get, what does he need was the question. Not to say that there, there aren't going to be consequences to his actions because naturally, you know, there, there always is. But um, conversation go more towards needs-based than punishment-based. That's going to be kind of rewarding to see people going from the training process into actually trying to practically apply what they are learning to real-life situations. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and, and it it's um kind of keeps the morale up and keeps you wanting to to get get the message out there. Stevie was saying, convert people, <laughs> um, you know, as much as you can, because I do think um it's easier to do 
to do that when you believe in it and you see it working. Yeah, I think that that's key in regards to people building relationships with each other and starting to see that there's a relationship between everybody in this community. It's not just separate. We can't just take sort of some incidents like the wee guy you were talking about and isolate them, but there's there's something bigger going along across the board here. And the, the guys who are participating, you know, starting to see that connection as well. Stevie, you were going to say something there? Yeah, no, and then listen, I get phone calls and emails all the time from our participants um, in the intermittent period between the, the, the training, the different trainings. And it's, it might be just that they're asking advice because of a certain situation in their community that they want to intervene or could be in their youth club or in their the, the, their community group that they're involved in and then they need some just extra little advice. And it's always really, really pleasing to get those phone calls because you know then that they are trying to implement um, their learning and the practice and they have been ultimately, as I said, they believe in it, they believe in restorative practices and they believe in, in the processes involved and then they want to try and do it in a, in a less less punitive fashion. Yeah, because I think there's something there that whenever they, they connect with the whole value base of restorative practice, that they, the participants start to realise that this is actually about things that we already want to see happening in our community, is that there's this, when they get past this idea of it being a strange and you know, new notion. They actually realize that there's actually a lot of alignment with what they want for their community already. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then, like I said, all of us in society, we've all been conditioned to think in a certain way from from a young age, and that is the the, the punitive punitive system. But whenever they get their eyes open to this more restorative lens, as we call it, then it's amazing the mindset changes, and particularly our participants. Um, has been has been incredible. So what ways are participants, and this is open to both of you guys, um, what ways are participants encouraged to try and put this stuff into practice? Well, one of the sessions we'll go through is the use of restorative tools. And that's, you know, very basically we've got, so the use of restorative circles, you know, any ancient tools that have been used by Indigenous people across um, North America, First Nations, Canada, even, you know, it, the Celtic and, and Indigenous Irish, um, all through the, the Britain laws, all very restorative, but through circles. Um, and that, they're going to be relationship building and then also used with, you know, for an intervention or you know, if arms occurred, let's have a, have a circle, um, a facilitated circle to hash it out. Um, and then the use of I statements, effective questioning, and starting to build those into everyday conversations. And that's within your family at home? How, how are you dealing with conflicts in your own house and under your own roof? Because that filters into how you how you handle conflict outside and taking ownership and responsibility um, instead of pointing the finger and blaming. So, you know, very simple, start with very simple on the base level examples of instead of saying, you know, you need to be quiet, you're annoying me. It's, I feel like you're not listening to me or I, you know, I feel frustrated and starting with the I statements and starting with yourself instead of shifting the blame. Um, so just very, ba um, very basic things like that at the start and um, develop from there. Some of them don't even need encouragement. You know, it's nine times out of 10, anytime I, I do a mentoring session with the participants, they're, they're, always, they're always telling me how they've used it, either in the home um, or, in, or in their workplace or in their in their community, you know, and, and we would get we sort of build up that sort of case study of those different different examples of how they've implemented it in their 
in their every in their daily life. And what kind of feedback have you got from the participants who've tried to put this in the practice? Because obviously, you know, sometimes whenever you're trying to do something that's a wee bit outside your normal approach to things, there can be an element of, oh my God, I don't know why I want to do this. Or what, what kind of experiences have they come back to you with when they tried to put this into practice? Well, as I said before, you know, quite a lot of them have contacted me before they intervene in a restorative manner. They would, they would contact me to... They ask for some 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 advice and that, but um, the feedback it's been it's been it's been very good. Um, what was it? Sorry, what was the question there again? Claire? It was just how the participants have kind of you know responded to trying to put it into practice. You know, because sometimes it can be quite you know strange to do something new, or you know you're trying to do something, you're trying to act in a, in a way that's not your normal response. Once you get it, we get into starting to explore conflict and how we all deal with conflict. I feel like I, I find a bit because I mean there there are always conflicts. You know, each of us have different degrees of conflict in different realms of, of our lives. But um, how we deal with conflict so deeply embedded and built into our upbringing and who we are and how you know we've how, how we've seen it modeled and you know a hundred different things. So I feel like that's one of those things to to start shifting towards restorative communication is starting to listen and empathize instead of um, defend, for example. So if I, you know, the small things like that, that are so deeply ingrained into who we are and, and how we operate, naturally people find it challenging, but the more that you can bring awareness to it and the more that it's, um, you know, just acknowledging it and being aware of it and trying and trying, the easier it, it starts to become. And I've seen, seen some participants, you know, kind of laughing like, oh, you know, <laughs> I did it did it once out of three times this week. And, you know, that, that's a positive. It's a start going in the right direction. Yeah, no, definitely. One of the things that I always uh, have taken away from some of the training has been is how easily people seem to be able to implement things like the talking piece or the use of a talking piece, even in, in the home scenario. And uh, how just that's maybe changed how a family communicates together. And it, it's a really small step. And it can feel kind of strange because I know I've done that in my house, you know, and sat down and we'll grab something as the talking piece. And, and next thing you can, you know, my kids were like, what the heck's going on here? Um, but then when you realize that the, the benefit it has in terms of helping people listen to each other, then there's a, a you know, the reception that it gets, it's almost then becomes a go-to for people. And I know that some of the groups that I've worked with over the last sort of, you know, six months or two have, have talked about the use of the talking page as a real, you know, benefit to their own, you know, home communication as well. So yeah. I think as well to, to jump in on that, um, even just the, some of the, the very first, the restorative questions that we teach participants that we've got, you know, typically if say a crime happens and someone shows up, you know, well, what crime's been committed here? Whereas the restorative question asks first what's happened. But even mm-hmm. talking to one of the parents, they're saying, you know, so often if something new, their kids, it's, you know, what did you do instead of, but now they're trying to reframe it and say what happened because mm-hmm. it doesn't put the blame straight on their child. And, yeah. it, you know, it's just just communicating restoratively in small ways like that. Yeah, and I think that's that's a useful that's a useful point to be making as well because sometimes whenever 
you know, someone says, what did you do? You know, the young person or the person on the receiving end of that, there's automatically pushed into the defensive position. And that's where potentially truthful communication mm-hmm. doesn't actually happen because if you feel like the finger's being pointed at you already before you've had a chance to, to even speak, you, have a t- you might have a tendency to just not go along with whatever you're being accused of, you know. So, uh, yeah. but it's good that they're trying to put that into practice because generally that's what you would expect to hear. Since you know your child hurts themselves, it's like kind of going, "Well, tell me what happened," you know. And, and it's a, it's it's a, such a simple switch, and we talk about that as well, don't we? That that the restorative, um, you know, lens is a simple switch, you know, between that, you know, what did you do to tell me what happened. And can be so powerful for everybody involved because, as I say, the finger's not being pointed at anybody, and you're not accusing someone of doing something before you've got the facts behind what's real or the fact from somebody's perspective, anyway. Yeah, yeah. and uh, from a participant level as well, it's also, as I said, we we have been conditioned to grow up in a very sort of a punitive system, but our participants in particular, and I'm sure it's the same for Donnie's, starting to look at the needs. Why of the offender behavior represented in the in the in the in the criminal side of things? You know they're starting to look at the the offending parties' needs as well. Well, why are they committing this? Why are they doing this? Why are they why are they causing harm? And and that's that's been a really crazy element of it as well. Yeah, and then sometimes it's it's also one of those critical points where because sometimes that's where some criticism is leveled at the whole restorative process anyway because there's a misinterpretation of meeting those needs is kind of, you know, excusing behavior. And that's not really the case at all, is it? I mean, it's really about trying to find out what's motivating the behavior because something's causing someone to, to, to do yeah. something and act in a certain way. And if we can get to the bottom of that, then maybe we can help them move away from making those decisions, you know, those same yeah. decisions over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of, obviously, the program has been... Slightly hindered in a wee bit with the, the whole idea of the, the small issue of the COVID pandemic. And uh, how have you guys coped with that in regards to the program? What kind of impact has that had on the program? And what kind of things have you done to um, alleviate the, the restrictions that have been placed on meeting face to face as a result of COVID? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously been difficult, not just for itself, I'm sure it's been, it's been difficult for. Um, for society as a whole, but because um, we, we we feel that that the, the accredited training and the power of it is, is, is best delivered um, and facilitated in a face to face setting. So we've been de- developing these fireside chat type um, discussion based learning sessions that, that so far have looked at the the values um, and principles of restorative practice um, and the concept of of restorative circles um, as a tool to repair. Harm and, and so they've been doing really well, um, informal, um, but essential takes from for learning and, and development, and um, that will supplement then the, the accredited training that going forward. So, how come you could do? obviously talked about this idea of a fireside chat or trying to, you know, cultivate some kind of informal approach. Where, where did that actually come from? How did it come about? That's all you're doing, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak to our training coordinator no i think the the idea was because so far we've been doing all stevia's and accredited training largely and it's been quite more formalized nearly in a classroom environment so the, the hope was fireside chats in a lockdown colder weather it, it just gives the idea of it's a bit more informal comfortable discussion based um 
where you know you don't have to come with you know your notebook and pen necessarily, but come and contribute as a as a participant as opposed to a student necessarily. And how have they been going down? Then what what's been the response to those? Yeah, they've been going down really well. You know, as I said before, it is informal, and um, there has been some positives of it, and uh, but also some challenges as well. But it's the positives, I suppose, it's. The discussion-based format, um, as, as Johnny said, you don't need to bring your 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 notebook and pen, um, but it's renewed um, the participants' interest during this 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 um, pandemic period, if you like, um, and enhanced their, their skills and knowledge, and um, without being too theory theory based, um, but also interacting with with participants from all from we 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 um, delivered these these sessions um, for all the sites. And being connected together, so it's good to, to get different perspectives and insights, um, and case studies from all the different um, communities and transition areas where we deliver starts. Yeah, anybody got any standout moments from those in terms of you know interactions that have taken place over those? You kind of go, wow, that was good. That was really worthwhile doing, or that was worthwhile facilitating as a result. Yeah, well, I know whenever I was delivering the the the, the session on the concept of restorative circles, whilst Glenn, I know you were delivering sessions on circles, but I showed them a video of an actual restorative conference um, on a circle environment and was as a tool to repair harm, a real life situation. And whilst it was great of them learning all the theory-based stuff, for them to actually see one, how it worked and how it was implemented and, and practice was a real um, watershed moment, watershed moment from them in terms of and um, as I said, learning the theory, but actually seeing one live in practice was was great for them. And circles are a part of the training anyway, aren't they? I mean, we use the, the whole circle approach yeah. um, right throughout the, the training, right from the very beginning. I think, you know, in terms of we may not yeah. actually necessarily initially go into all the background of that, but the, the whole idea of the circles pretty much embedded in, in the training we do, isn't it? I mean, it's, so it's so in some senses, when people get to these type of things, it may not necessarily be so strange for them because it's yeah. been it's been used quite consistently within the, the training scenario. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and and we have implemented those within the training, but some of the videos we see were from a victim and offender and community sort of level. Yeah, because I suppose that gets into the almost the end goal because a lot of what we're doing is setting people up to progress to, to through certain levels, aren't we? We're trying to give people a, yeah. a like a foundational knowledge of what this means for you personally, because uh, we're conscious that not everybody's going to end up as a, a practitioner. I suppose they're not going to end up facilitating maybe victim offender conferences and things like that. But it's about showing that well, this is ultimately where this this can go. So that no good stuff. And in terms of obviously the idea behind the program is expanding the use of restorative skills in the community. How do you feel that the 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 Fartide chats have been contributing to that? I think it's been contributing well. I think what it, it served a, a good purpose, although we're not necessarily able to dig further in um that much deeper into the theory and practice it does give us an opportunity to to jog our memories a bit and refresh some of the learning that we've already had so the first first round that we did was um the values and principles and that was largely refreshing our memories looking at the the core values and principles and also then some of the misconceptions of restorative justice so it's it's been really good to to jog our memories 
go over some of the content that we had seen before, but also then um, see how some some new content can be applied. And as CV said, I think a, a real positive has been the cross-site learning. It, it's nearly served as a best practice forum for people from different parts of the city to and country to um, hear how the others have been getting on and, and applying it. So where does this go then from next time? What have you got lined up for that? Obviously, we're talking about you've got some values and principles that you've looked at. You've been looking at circles. Where does it go next for you? I think the next step is um, been working on seeing if we can continue the accredited training online because um, obviously lockdown is continuing a bit and it's a wee bit up in the air. So seeing if we can get good quality learning on online which um it's kind of find find that balance because online heard her recently with um zoom sessions it's all physics no chemistry so you can get the um information across all right but sometimes it just lacks that yeah. in the person experience and hopefully obviously in northern ireland where we are now speaking to speaking from now and um, Vaccine has been hugely successful. I think um, we're on course then to have most of the population vaccine hopefully in the next next month or so. So when that happens, um, you know, obviously restrictions will ease and we'll hopefully be able to get some of the participants back in on a face-to-face basis where the power is, for me, it's much more enhanced on a face-to-face delivery rather than online. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're all kind of hoping for that because obviously, you know, there is, there's a lot more power in terms of eating up and I suppose when we look at the the very the core element of what restorative justice and practices are all about it you know it's about relationships and you know as much as the technology provides us with a way to continue those relationships there, there's something as you were intimating there Johnny there's something a bit more powerful around you know the meeting in person you know and being able to kind of explore things together you know in face to face you know and not feel like it's a wee bit you know, mechanical, I suppose, you know, and, uh, you know, but I suppose we've been trying to do the best that we, we can given the, the circumstances that, you know, we've been, you know, dealt. And I think that the idea of the fireside chats and the, those small informal things really pushes towards that idea, doesn't it? It's like, oh, well, how can we try and do something that doesn't feel so mechanical and but yet still trying to use, you know, the technology that, that that's available to us? You know, so... Is there anything else that you think that you just want to talk about in regards to what STARS has done, you know, and what you would say are key achievements in terms of the work that's been done so far? In terms of key achievements, I think it has been good. It's um, a lot of our participants really are on the ground um, community members who are, who are involved in a lot of the goings on, going on in their community. So it's, I think, a, an achievement to be connected into the communities and starting to shift the narrative and shift the approaches of when harm occurs, how, how do we how do we work restoratively? Or, I mean, we're, we're always dealing with people's perception of justice and injustice. So it's even good to have it on the radar with key stakeholders that um, here are some ways to work through this in a, in a way that will hopefully um, bring collaborative solutions for the community. Yeah, so having so grassroots participants um, feeling like they're involved in decision making for their community and actually seeing some results come up from it really powerful. Absolutely and you know we're obviously working in areas where there's um, where paramilitarism is deeply embedded so if we can if we can through the use of restorative justice training and restorative practices if we can educate 
as many people in those communities as possible, and then it may prevent going forward those those punitive style um, attacks that, that we see regularly um, in those communities. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we all would, you know, agree with that, Steve. It would be great to see people using alternative, you know, methods of dealing with conflict because that's one of the things that I, I think really quite strongly for me in terms of that is there's lots of things that we you know are, are, are reasonably good at but in terms of handling conflict in our own communities we're not really we, we're not really that well skilled and people will avoid things that they don't feel like they've got the, the skills to you know deal with that you know and, and it's sometimes it's the easiest approach wins you know well that's the let's do this that that seems to be the easiest thing whereas you know we're dealing with really difficult issues we're dealing with you know a wide range of community and social based issues that we need to address and you know and sometimes the addition out the harm all it does is cover up the fact that there's deep land problems here that we really need to get to the bottom of and I suppose we need to ask the, the restorative question of our communities is what's happening here what's really going on in our communities and how do we work together to maintain that sense of community and heal the hurt and the harm to gather and it sounds like stars is starting to make some inroads into doing that yeah 100 and even and there's a powerful piece in in the training that you know it's talking about you know say a young, a young man who has committed a crime and the the easy way is to you know i mean as we do in northern ireland give a beating or through them in prison, whatever it is, that's the easy way. It's it's a lot harder to work through the restorative process. And the restorative process says, you know, he's one of our own and we're not giving up on him. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's quite a powerful piece in the training that we talk about. And saying it, it's a lot harder to stick with someone who's um you know done something wrong and, and is harming their community and harming themselves. It you know it's easier to to imprison them or, or to exclude them from society, but restorative justice, there's an opportunity for kind of a radical inclusion in a sense. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I always that, that quote around, you know, you know, you're one of our own and we're not giving up on you, but this behavior is unacceptable and we're gonna work with you, hold you accountable, and let's let's find a way through the, this together because it's not just hurting us, it's hurting you as well. And we want to see that stop, you know, and I think that that's a really powerful, you know, uh, lane to have, but and, and a difficult um, path to walk as well. You know, and the, we, we talked earlier about challenging our values and beliefs, and I suppose if we were taking that approach to everything, then our values and beliefs are going to be challenged constantly, you know, so, you know, definitely. Um, that, that's a good point, well made. And uh, so in terms of maybe... Closing off, um, guys, it might be useful just to sort of talk about what your hopes are for, you know, the program going forward. What is it you want to see happening? What are you, what do you hope to see happening? And and how are you going to bring that about? For me, I mean, the participants in East Belfast, I would love to see them st- stick around, stick in it and dig into further training, especially the accredited stuff, because I do think the training is designed in such a way that it layers on top. So we're building a good foundation in the in the beginning stages, but it would be great to be able to dig deeper into it as opposed to just going wider. So hopefully retain a lot of the same participants in order to dig deeper. And then I'd love to see, I know before COVID, we're talking about had a couple of meetings lined up at, at local schools to see about getting restorative practices in 
um, running a couple of classes with teachers and then possibly with young people as well, maybe doing um, youth restorative circles or and um, sessions around that and giving an intro introductory level class to, to restorative practices, but then also dealing with teachers and seeing right, how, well, how, how as teachers and educators can you work more restoratively in, in your role? I think that's something I would love to, to tap into in the next phase. Yeah, that would be great. And I think, you know, when we're looking at the whole idea of expanding the use of restorative practices, you know, schools are an obvious choice there because obviously young people are spending a lot of their, their time there. And in terms of dealing with maybe like either behavioral issues or how we develop relationships with each other, it's a great place to be able to, to, to connect with the, the restorative approach. Steve, we're just talking there about, you know, what we want to see happening in, in terms of with the, the STARS program, what we like to see coming up or happening in the future and how we might want to bring that about? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you probably just touched on it there. Um, I would love to see it rolled out in schools, but not just schools, but you want to see it rolled out between this, the statutory sector, um, charity and voluntary sector, which, which we've been doing now. And, you know, if, if all swathes of society can get behind it then, and we can implement it as, as a society going forward, then it, it can only be a positive thing. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I, I'd like to see it, it, it embraced a lot more. You know, and I think whenever we um, have talked with participants, you know, it's not like we're 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 trying to get them to completely, you know, change their whole, you know, outlook on life as a whole. Because a lot of what we're talking about with the participants, as we said, is already aligned to some of their hopes and dreams and values and things anyway. And I suppose one of the things that really has stood out for me recently is a description of restorative justice being, you know. It's, a, it's about building relationships, maintaining community, repairing harm through skills that foster the better shade of human nature. And that's just something we all kind of strive towards anyway. If we're looking at our own sense of personal development or, you know, just being better people. I mean, that really kind of connects with that, you know, sense of wanting our world to be a slightly better place. Excuse the, the Michael Jackson um big anthem song moment there in regards to <laughs> let's make the world a better place and stuff but yeah in terms of from the idealistic point of view but i think you know that there's something that we all want in regards to making the relationships that we have around us better and if this program can help towards that then it would be great if we could expand it beyond the 30 participants in each area and really see it stretch out into new uh, new places as well so Folks, thank you very much for taking the time to be on Talking Pace with us and uh, sharing your thoughts um, around the, the STARS project and, and some of the, the work that's come out as a result of that. Um, if people are looking to get involved in STARS, can they still do that? And if they can't, how do they do it? Yeah, I think always keen for anyone to get involved if, if they want to. Um, I think just give, give one of us an email if it, we've got different you know stars worker in different areas um or you can shoot shoot any one of us an email um our emails are on the alternatives website so um we'd love to get you connected and involved brilliant and what we'll do is we'll put a wee note on the the episode um notes as well just to, to say how they can get in touch with people great well so folks thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it and I uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon and finding out, you know, just um, more about the impact that, that STARS is going to have in the community, especially when we get out of lockdown and start meeting people face to face and starting to see them 
implement the, the skills that they've learned on, on the program for real and in real life situations as well. So thank you, folks. All right, thanks. All right, folks, well, I hope you enjoyed that wee conversation with Stevie and Johnny there. I give you a really good insight into what's been happening with the STARS project and how the participants have actually been implementing restorative practices in their day-to-day lives and within their communities. And uh, it's great to see that program flourishing and having a great impact in the communities that we're based in. And I know that we've got plans to extend it to other areas, um, all depending on funding, of course, uh, but it'll be great to see that reach even more people the next episode that we have coming up will focus in on some work that was done in our shangle based office and specifically around some of the support that we've been providing in regards to counseling and dealing with some of the traumas that are faced in our communities and that'll be an absolutely fantastic episode and i'll give you a wee bit more information about that uh, when it goes live and then we have another episode lined up uh, with a participant of the stars project talking about the impact that it's had on them as an individual so two great episodes to look forward to and they'll be coming up very very soon so until the next time look after yourselves and take it easy Thank you.